0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. Off and running on this Friday, January 17th, 2020. How's everybody doing? Met fans, how are you doing? How are you doing? We'll run through it all, people, like uh, dodging a wild boar on our Florida ranch. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. Oh, man, plenty to do. 60 minutes to do it. So, of course, let's roll the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. On Twitter, on Instagram, I'm at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We've done it again. Pulled another one out of the fire. Oh, my goodness. Where to begin? Where to begin? Holy moly, what a day yesterday was. It was one of those days. On Twitter especially, but it filtered into just the regular media, where you marvel over the fact that Twitter is an app that's free. All this entertainment, and it doesn't cost you a single penny. That doesn't seem to make any sense. And if you had to, if there was a time traveler who came from the 1960s, right, and landed in your living room on a day like yesterday, and you had to explain to them what was going on, it would be almost impossible to have enough to reference to make it make sense to that person. Very weird day. But I guess where we begin, where we start, is with the New York Mets, right? A couple of days of waiting. What are they going to do? Which way is it going to go? Mets made the move yesterday. I guess it's not really a shock. Carlos Beltran, out as Mets manager, decided to step down, mainly because he was fired. (laughs) I mean, at least can we agree on that, right? Like, you can use whatever terminology you want. He was fired. There were plenty of reports that he was doing everything he could to save his job, but in the end, the Mets didn't want him to do so. So you can use whatever term you want, but if one person who has the job is saying, I want to stay, and the boss says no, And then he says, please. And the boss says, no. And then the guy says, I really think I can handle this. I've been around the ball. And they say, no. And then you start begging. And they say, no. And then the person says, all right, finally, I will step down. That's not really stepping down. That's being fired. Just allowing that person to kind of come to grips with it on their own. And the Mets, you really do have to say, the Mets are like Forrest Gump. If Forrest Gump continually walked into failures, like if there was a a sequel to Forrest Gump and rather than him walking into scenarios that worked out great for him, even though he was oblivious to it, it would be the New York Mets because the Mets are just as oblivious. But it always turns out wrong for them. They walk into, you'd have to say, the biggest scandal in baseball since at least steroids. Maybe in a hundred years. And they're just whistling their way down the street, almost like a, a cartoon when you were a kid, and not really paid it any attention. And then all of a sudden, the Acme Safe just falls on their head. And it, it should be shocking. It, it would be shocking, but it's the Mets. Like if we left out the names, and I told you, hey, there's a baseball team that's going to stumble into a situation where they hire a manager who would be fired even before he managed a game. If you were on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you would not need the phone a friend. You would not need to uh, poll the audience. You would not need any of that. If it were the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions, even Brad, even he would be able to get that one. Especially since the guy involved might have been facing punishment But the sport decided not to punish him. You decided to punish him. And my feeling was, yesterday, as you might remember, that the Mets could have managed this. I felt that way right up until the point the Mets started talking yesterday. (laughs) Because after listening to that conference call, it's pretty clear they couldn't have handled it. I still feel like a better organization would have been able to handle it, but it's pretty clear that any organization could have handled it better than the Mets did yesterday. So let's stick with Beltron for a second. I don't feel bad for him. I know that's some of the feelings around, oh, you know, i got to feel bad for the guy. No, he was part of this. He. I don't think he was Alex Cora. I think Alex Cora was far more responsible. But I was never of the belief, well, you know what, he was a player. You can't punish him because he—no. Once he became a manager, it was no longer all hands are off. You can't touch him. He was put in a position of power, a position of authority, and you can absolutely touch him. But, you know, the Beltron part of this is really the easy part. It's messy. You didn't want to do it. I don't think the Mets really wanted to do it, but they felt like they had no other way to go. But the, the decision to, to fire him is pretty clear-cut. We don't believe he can do the job. We believe that this is hanging over his head. And we don't feel like this will ever go away. The problem now is, is that the Mets organization have to move on to what's next. And considering how they did in their conference call yesterday, can't feel too good about that. Can't feel too good about that at all. And we'll play some Brody Van Wagen in a second. And I think I think it was this week that i brought up that really before this thing really started to focus on the mets i was actually kind of looking at the mets this year optimistically like i think i mentioned they were at one point they were like 19 to 1 odds to win the world series which sounds crazy but look you're looking for some value not a cra- i don't think it's a crazy thought there if you're going to put your money down on something take a couple of long shots But one of the reasons why I was optimistic, or more optimistic, about the Mets this offseason was I thought, well, you know what? At least your GM can't possibly have a worse offseason than last year, right? Can't possibly make a a trade that was worse than the Cano-Diaz deal. Can't possibly. Can't possibly have a worse signing than bringing back Jay Reese Familia. Can't possibly have a move that pays less Or fewer dividends than Jed Lowry. Can't possibly. Can't sound any dumber than saying, hey, teams in our division, come and get us. Well, so much for that. Because one of the biggest takeaways from the conference call yesterday, I think if you were to list them, that after having days to prepare, this has been like a freight train rolling down the track, right? It's not really moving all that quickly. But you know there's nothing you can do really to stop it. So you know you're going to have to answer these questions at some point. What did you know? When did you find that out? Did Beltran lie to you about his involvement? All these things that are the most basic questions that when you start to think about, well, I'm going to have to answer questions. These are some of the most basic ones that Brody Van Wagenen, Yesterday, with having these days to prepare and know that he would eventually, even now, later, spring training, at some point, was gonna have to answer these questions, tells you, well, we never asked Carlos about any of this. It's important to remember
1: the timeline, and that's why that's why I led with that today, is that when we were going through our interview process in October there weren't rumblings, or certainly we hadn't heard rumblings, and we're not aware of any rumblings about what was happening, you know, with any particular team. You know, in in you know I, I started on the job in November of 2018, and at the general manager meetings, you know, this was a topic: the uh, the importance of modifying the
0: rules for uh, for you know technology was something that was talked about and, and the commissioner made it clear that uh, that using technology for for
1: in-game sign stealing was not to be not to be tolerated. Uh, you know what happened or what rumblings I certainly had no factual basis for anything until until uh, this process played itself out.
0: How, how how is that possible? you did not hear about this I get it the scandal the athletic article all that stuff did happen later. But we've heard about this forever. And that's to us outside the game. People inside the game are supposed to have way more information. No more. Finger on the pulse. It seems impossible to me. So either there's two options, right? Either A, he's lying, which is always possible. That he just, he knew about it and just didn't want to ask about it and didn't ask around about it. Or he's telling the truth and is just so out of touch that despite having, what, an eight-hour interview with somebody, again, who is supposed to have his finger on the pulse of the game, this never came up. Either way, it makes the Mets look terrible. And so that's the bigger takeaway. The Beltron move, look, do it. As you, as people have brought up, you have really no idea whether or not Carlos Beltron would have been a great manager. They thought so. That's why they hired him. But with everything that Brody touches, everything it seems like the Mets touch here over the last couple of years, it's kind of ha- hard to have any faith that it's the right decision, mainly because of results and the fact that they're making it. So obviously everybody's going to say it's a month to spring training. You have to go out now and get an experienced veteran manager, right? Post said that today. Everybody feels that way. Someone who's been around the block, somebody not only who you know when they walk in the door, they can do the job, but also kind of point the organization in the right direction because this organization has been a bit of a dumpster fire, even though you do have a talented team. The problem is for me, I would think, is that unless you if you're one of these experienced people, Dusty Baker, Mike Socia, Buck Showalter, all these people, unless you are just desperate to manage again, like you feel like, you know what, I'm never going to get another shot than this one. Why in the name of God would you put yourself in this position? Because, yeah, you're not only coming in a month to spring training shorthanded, Brody told you yesterday, this is the coaching staff. You're not making any moves there. We're not having any more upheaval. And they're an organization which is pretty clear that they want the front office to kind of run the game, which other front offices certainly seem to have a hand in that. The Astros certainly seem to have a hand in that. The Yankees seem to have a hand in that, where they want the manager yeah, to facilitate things, but it's not all his opinion all the time. The problem is, with those organizations, the front office has a lot more credibility than this one. So if you are a Mike Sosa or a Dusty Baker or a Buck, the question to me is, not are the Mets interested in you as much as, why would you be interested in them? 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Of course, the Mets aspect of yesterday is just one part, because after the Mets... Got done firing a manager who never coached for the team. Then things got weird. (laughs) Then things got strange. So we'll get into that. Carlos Beltran's supposed niece. Gary Sheffield's actual son. Scott Brocious's kid is getting involved. Holy moly. The poll question is up for today. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it is, kind of went a couple of different ways. A, I was thinking about going with the which is worse. Which do you think is more impactful in, in terms of cheating, steroids or knowing the signs? But I've seen that one a 100 different places, so we decided to go with something a little different. It is. Beltron's out. Three teams are now looking for a manager with spring training about a month away. Which of the three jobs is the least appealing? Which one, if you were one of these veteran managers or just somebody who is under consideration and you are under consideration in all three spots, which one would you want to go to the least? Astros, Red Sox, Mets. That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer coming up. I'll give you my answer as if you didn't already have it. We'll get into all the other aspects of the strange day yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr. is back. More video of him on Monday night. Man, that guy. Holy moly. So I have to touch on that too. So we're not talking football today, even though it is conference championship weekend. Because of everything that went on in Major League Baseball yesterday. With the Mets deciding finally to part ways with Carlos Beltran. They can say he stepped down, but... When you are begging to keep your job and the person who decides that says no. Well, then you did not step down so much as you were fired. But whatever the terminology is, the Mets are now in the market for a new manager. And they're not alone, right? Because now three teams, about a month to go before spring training, are looking for a new manager. So our poll question is, which of the three jobs is the least appealing, right? You're a manager who's out there or maybe... Uh, you've not been a manager before, but you're well thought of and you're well regarded. And you're a candidate for all three jobs. The Astros are looking at you. The Red Sox are looking at you. The Mets are looking at you. Which is the least appealing job? Well, on the surface, I would say it's probably the Red Sox. They're already to the Red Sox are probably going to break things down anyway. Now the fact that Alex Cora is out of a job. Maybe that kind of pushes them. Lots of talk about, right? Mookie bets maybe being moved before free agency. So I would say on the surface, if you're asking me which of those three teams is probably going to have the worst record this year, it might be the Red Sox. But that's not what you're basing all the decision on. It's not just about right now. And if the Red Sox were in a situation where they had fired their manager, or even like the Astros fired their manager, fired their GM, you don't know who the GM is going to be long-term, well, then I'd say, yeah, it probably is the Red Sox. But you do kind of know who the Red Sox They just got Heim Bloom, well-regarded, seems like a guy who's going to be able to deal with whatever obstacles they have and get the Red Sox turned around in short order. He just got there. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. So whoever he does pick, you would think is probably going to be there for the long-term, at least a couple of years. Now, a lot of people would say the Astros, right? They're the ones who have been hammered the most. We don't know who their GM is going to be. We don't know, obviously, who their manager is going to be. But out of those three teams, if you're going to base anything on the results that they have gotten and the talent that they have on board right now, I would think that out of all three of those teams, the team that will have the best record this year very well might be the Astros. They're the most talented team of the bunch. Now, maybe there's some hangover from this. Maybe some of the allegations made yesterday are now going to impact the players. And maybe that had a far greater impact than we even know right now. But just looking at it right now on a January 17th at 5.23 a.m., I would think the Astros are probably in the best shape, despite the fact that they've lost their manager and their general manager. So who would that leave? Oh, that would leave the Mets. Well, the Mets, in terms of actual talent right now, you would say that they're in pretty good shape. I think that they are a win-now team that has the possibility to win now. And if they were to go out and get a veteran manager who knows what he's doing and can form the relationships with the players right away and hit the ground running, even though he's going to be kind of hamstrung by the situation he's going to find himself in, I don't think it's impossible for the Mets to have a good year. Hell, they got rid of a guy last year and he ended up with a winning record. That's not generally the case with the Mets. That's not generally the case with most teams. Generally, you don't get rid of your manager when they've had a winning year the year before. So I could see a situation where somebody comes in there, it's the right guy. But that's what's on the surface. With the Mets, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, it's like Game of Thrones. You don't know You don't know who's coming from where. It's like the iceberg, right? There's the part of the, the dysfunction that you can see. But you'd have to believe that if there's the part of the dysfunction you can see, and you certainly heard it yesterday on the conference call, uh, on a conference call they knew that they were going to have to conduct at some point. Well, then there has to be a lot of dysfunction behind the scenes. And while Brody Van Wagenen is on board right now, whoever gets that job as a manager, I don't know if they're going to be there long term. I don't know if Brody's going to be there long term. Because Steve Cohen, I don't know when he's taking over, But one of the big takeaways that you had to – if you're a Met fan yesterday, you were thinking to yourself, dear God, how fast can this guy get here? Because no matter how bad he is, he's got to be worse. Uh, He's got to be better than what it is right now. It can't possibly be any worse. So if I had to vote which of the three jobs is the least appealing, if I was up for all three of them, I would say probably the Mets. The Astros have the best talent right now, and I would think if you're going to get hired as their manager, you'll be there long term. Red Sox, while the talent might not be as good as the other two and might be facing a rebuilding situation, the GM just got there, and whoever he picks is probably going to be there with him for a while. So I would say the worst of the three situations is probably the New York Mets. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 919 3776 So yesterday we talked about the Mets, and if you want to get involved in that, you certainly can. But then things, as I said, got weird. Because then it started to, at least on Twitter, focus on whether or not the Astros cheating stopped with just the banging of the trash cans, allegations which have been out there for a while, that the Astros cheating morphed away from the banging of the trash can, which only happened apparently in 2017, and whether or not the Astros use of technology changed into wearing devices on their body that would help do the same thing rather than the banging of a trash can, which always seemed kind of a, a janky setup, right? Like if you were coming up with a plan, well, how are we going to get that information to the players? Well, we got this trash can over here. We'll just bang on that. That would always seem like what the first step was. Now, Major League Baseball on Thursday said that they explored wearable devices during their investigation of the Astros, but found no evidence to substantiate it. Well, you have to find if you're going to punish them, you have to find some evidence of it. And while there might not be any smoking gun, I would say the evidence is common sense. Like for uh, for those of us who do not have to come up with evidence, it's just whether what do you believe? Common sense would tell you. That yes, obviously, the Astros were doing this. Not just by some of the videos that were tweeted out yesterday, right? The the biggest of which, Jose Altuve hits the game-winning home run against the Yankees. They're going back to the World Series. The celebration is on in Houston. Altuve's rounding third. His teammates are at the plate cheering for him. And what is his first thing that he's thinking of? Throwing the helmet in the air? Jumping up and down? High five? No. His first instinct is, guys, don't tear off my jersey. Don't do that. I'm holding my jersey real close. I'm not into conspiracy theories, but that's weird. That's a very strange thing to be your first line that you're going with as you're rounding third, heading for home. It's also kind of weird, don't you think? That game ends, players are celebrating left and right on the field. Jose Altuve, he's the hero. Everybody wants to interview him on the field. Ken Rosenthal is waiting for the broadcast. Where, where's Jose Altuve? Oh, he went, the, he went into the dugout. He went into the dugout. Went into the clubhouse and changed his shirt. Huh. That's weird. That's a little strange. Don't you think that's a little strange? I do. So I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I'm convinced that happened. There's no way. Not just by the video, but by the fact that cheaters don't generally stop cheating if their cheating is not caught and the cheating is effective. Now, the banging of the trash can, I, again, it's a very uh, janky way of setting things up. But that would only make sense if you, you would advance the system to a better system like anything else. So while Major League Baseball can tell you, well, we didn't find any evidence of it, Major League Baseball at this point, they've kind of lost all credibility on it, right? Does anybody really believe Major League Baseball wants to get to the bottom of this? Or do you think they want to dig just deep enough so that people stop focusing on it? Because it's pretty clear. John Boyd, Jimmy O'Brien was on with the Michael Kay show yesterday. And one of the guys the really the center of all this. Not that he necessarily broke the news, but that he went back and, and found the video evidence. He did the, he did the work and synced it up and showed you just how clear of an advantage this was. But Major League Baseball knew all about this. Teams complained to Major League Baseball about this all the time. And they didn't do really anything. If they did whatever they did, it was not very effective. And they didn't dig very deep. They showed about as much effort as my kid does when I tell him to make his bed. Throw the covers on top. That's ah, good. I'm good. They didn't do anything until Mike Fires went to the athletic with his and put his name on it. And again, keep in mind... Major League Baseball really didn't punish anybody. Not nearly as much as the teams and not nearly as much as others. The There was a Braves GM a few years back now. I think it was 2016, 2017. I, I'm trying to think of what his name was. It was like Copa Lella or something like that. And what he got caught doing was illegally signing international players. What was his punishment for that? Banned for life. Banned for life, and yet the guy who, or the people who are involved in this scandal, which again, you could make a reasonable argument, the biggest scandal in the history of the sport in at least 100 years got essentially one-year suspensions for Major League Baseball. The teams, they hammered them. Major League Baseball did not. But then things got even weirder. Because you have had the, the, the Carlos Beltran niece story out there, which it turns out is not his niece. So it makes you wonder who is it? it's weird. Just when you thought that the whole Jets, Manish, Wyatt Twitter account was like the weirdest burner account story. Well, then you have a one that comes in. that's even weirder because while it might not be Carlos Beltran's niece that was tweeting out all that information about him getting the job, being uh, stepping down from the job. It's pretty clear that somebody who knows Carlos Beltran pretty well got that information and knocked it out of the park. So then you have Gary Sheffield's son come out yesterday and throw out the potential bombshell. No, it's not his niece. That's an Astros player's burner account, which would make sense. It would certainly make more sense than some niece that nobody really knows about. So that's certainly out there and would make perfect sense. And then you start to go, I don't know, maybe nobody else went down this wormhole thinking about, all right, who played with Carlos Beltran that would know him well, had a good relationship with him from his time with the Astros? And you could kind of start to narrow it down from there. Then, late last night, Scott uh, Scott Brocious' son comes out and uh, is throwing haymakers himself saying, well, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't want to let you know this, but Mike Trout's on HGH. I can't wait to see what happens today. Has anybody been in touch with the Ken Phelps kid? Has Ken Phelps' kid, does he have a Twitter account? Does he have any information he can share? Has anybody checked in with uh, Oscar Zokar's nephew? Lee Guterman's niece. It's crazy, man. Crazy time to be alive.
1: Here comes Panarin, Rangers moving right to left, 2-2 game, and across the line, Panarin moves to his right, 30 seconds remaining, drops it off to D'Angelo, far circle Panarin, into the slot to Badajan, shoots out, rebound, score, Chris Kreider, it's a power play goal with 24.6 seconds remaining, the Rangers take a 3-2 lead.
0: Alright, so Rangers another win against the Islanders last night, Kenny Albert the call here on 98.7, oh no, where were they, they were 10.50 last night. But the Rangers get the win over the Islanders, so second straight for them over the Isles. And I think they play again, uh, was it next week? I think they play again pretty soon. So we'll see if the uh, Rangers can keep it going as the uh, Islanders have certainly cooled off. Your moment of inspiration for this Friday morning, one eight hundred nine one nine espn is the phone number, one 800 Let's go out to the phones this morning. We have not touched on any of them yet. Uh, we'll go out to start off with Lewis and Whippany. Lewis, what's going on?
1: Hey, Gordon, how you doing, man? I'm good. So listen, um... Uh, real quick, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, my trout was on SGH. The guy is like crazy huge. <clears throat> he never seems to be injured. So no, actually, he's been, he's, been he's been hurt. He's been hurt a bit. He's been hurt a bit. No, no, no. But like in general, like you know, it seems like the guy just, you know, but it <clears throat> could be all natural. He's a farm boy, so you know. Uh, but uh, the Carlos Beltran thing. Uh, he's in that, Philadelphia.
0: Well, he was, isn't he? He's not a well, farm he, boy though, is he?
1: Yeah, (laughs) he is. So, when he was with the Yankees, and, you know, he wasn't a player anymore. So, let's say the Mets actually did the right thing. So, let's say for whatever reason the Yankees ever get investigated for cheating while uh, Beltran was with them. At that point, he wasn't a player. So, to be honest, even though the Mets just can't seem to get out of their own way by, one, not not hiring the correct manager, two, obviously hiring Beltran, they actually might have done the right thing you know for for themselves obviously but at that uh, when Beltron was with the yankees he he wasn't a player anymore so uh, if the yankees ever get investigated and you know they probably should because you know it's kind of weird the yankees win so much but um
0: i mean you just I, your your hatred <laughs> of the yankees is just seething through i'm sorry i can't continue on with that phone call this story is not about the yankees now look there were allegations made uh, by, I think it was Veltron's niece. It's hard to keep track of all these people's relatives or pseudo niece. It, it turned I don't think it actually is. People have confirmed that it's not actually his niece, whoever it is, uh, about uh, Glaber Torres. Okay, go investigate. If you have some actual evidence, what this Astro scandal has shown, if you have some knowledge, the evidence is not hard to come by. There's been plenty of evidence that the Astros were doing this stuff. And while the allegation about wearing the uh, devices has been out there for a while, there's some evidence of that already, too. Maybe not hard evidence, maybe not a smoking gun, but certainly stuff when you consider, hey, they were already cheating. B, they didn't get caught at this point. So it only makes sense that the, the system that they use to transfer this information would be more and more advanced year after year. Yeah, it makes absolute sense, of course. But if there's evidence against the Yankees, we can focus on that at the time. But there's not any right now. But if, they're, if they were doing something similar, like people are trying to bring up the ball, oh, all these teams are doing it, show me some evidence of it. It should be pretty easy to come by if you do the work. Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on?
1: Gordon, I, I just can't take this anymore. With the Mets, every day it gets worse and worse. This guy Brody, he's, he's got to be gone, you know. He's got his penny loafers with no socks on. Let him decide what uh, sweater he's going to wear over his shoulders out in the Hamptons with the Kardashians. Because this guy is is clueless. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to get he's not going to get a Showalter or Gibbons or a, a Dusty Baker because they're going to go tell them to go stick it, because they're going to manage the way they want to manage.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem that they're going to have, right? Like, it's not just about finding somebody who's established who would actually want to be able to take this job. They're going to want to be able to do the job the way they want to do it. And there's already obstacles. Like, if you're Buck Showalter, I don't know how old Buck is, maybe 60 years old, 65 years old. Yeah. You know, is this the last stop you want to make where you're going to have to come in shorthanded, you're going to have to have the staff that they've already appointed for you. It's going to be a staff that they appointed for you from people that don't apparently know what they're doing, and right. uh, you know, I just a, there's a lot of obstacles. And 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 for, it's a it's a staff that's probably not going to be here much longer.
1: I think mean, I think they're better off, you know, maybe going with. Uh uh, unfortunately for Terry, go back to Terry Collins for a year until they can figure out what they're going to do, or maybe you and Debbie can take over. You <laughs> could be the GM, and, right. and there we
0: go. I'm you used know? to working only an hour a day. So these these games take far too long. That's far. That's a lot of work for me. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I'll tell you one thing. I could have come up with some more plausible answers than Brody did yesterday. Especially when it wasn't a pop quiz. That was that was like kind of like an open book quiz, and you you bombed it. Now, I'm not saying it was an easy situation to go into, firing your manager even before he's, he's coached a game. And I was somebody who felt like, you know what, an organization would be able to explain that away and keep the guy that they picked. Like part of this is, is like people are like, well, why would you stick with this guy now? Well, they thought that he was some real find. They're the same ones that felt that way. Now, I get the situation may have changed, and there's no way to know for sure how good he would be. But they're the people who picked him. It's not like somebody else picked him and they're like, all right, you know what? We we really were never on board with this guy to begin with, so let's cut ties right now. No, they picked him, and like 75 days ago or whatever, 77 days ago. Let's go to Carlos and Newark.
1: Carlos. Yeah, hi. Good morning, Gordon. What's up? Gordon, Gordon you are Yankees fans, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, Yankees signed uh call this year mm-hmm. for 300 and something million. Dollars. Yep. He's all been playing for seven years. Yep. He played five years with the Pirates, two years with Houston. hmm A- According to all these announcers, the Houston been doing this for years, right? Yeah. The cheating stuff. So his best two years was with the Houston Astros. hmm And he was not the same pitcher with the Pirates. You don't think it is like the Yankees should be concerned about this? Well, look, there's a couple of things. A, he was uh
0: the Pirates. He had that one year where he was an all-star. He was always a highly thought-of guy who maybe just took him a little while. You know, he got to Houston at the age of 27, so it's not unusual for a pitcher to show some glimpses early, struggle some, and then start to hit his stride, much like uh, almost like a Justin Verlander. The, the trend lines there are very similar. Also, let's say that's true because – you, you do have to question the Astros now in every aspect. Could it have been possible that they were cheating some way with the pitchers too? Well, if they were cheating with the hitters and it was effective, which clearly was, well then yeah, maybe there is something to go there. I feel good in that I have a GM in Brian Cashman who I believe does have his finger on the pole or certainly knows far more and an organization that knows far more than the average person. And I'm fairly confident they're not going to have a, an interview process where they don't touch on things that are out there, that everybody kind of knows. But that came to, to them, if they're telling the truth, I don't know who they are, as a complete surprise. Almost like they were picked up their iPad and, and looked at the Athletic. Hey, look at that, Carlos Beltran. We have a manager named Carlos Beltran. You think it's the same guy? I got, I got to make some calls about that. It came as an absolute shock. I had never heard this before. So if it is something with uh, – I'm not really all that concerned, uh, uh, the long and the short of it. I'm looking forward to getting to spring training and watching Garrett Cole. I know. I, I like how the Met fans are just trying to find any way to tie Yan- – uh, Yankee fans have to be worried about this. Really? Their two main competitors the last couple of years have now been decimated, and their road to the World Series is wide open. And unlike Keith King, who was our former producer, they're flipping the car over on the LIE. All right. So speaking of uh, athletes, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. clearly uh, in the news because you had the arrest warrant issued yesterday for his uh, performance at the national championship game on Monday night for slapping the butt of a police officer in the locker room after the game. There was also video that surfaced, I don't know at what point, if this was before the game, after the game, of him taking the bullhorn of, I don't know who on the LSU cheer squad or whatever, and shouting. Looks like it was a
1: marching band.
0: Marching band, whatever. And there's like a security official there that's like basically saying, dude, dude, you got to stop. And I guess my first thing would be like, what's wrong with you? Were you, were you, I mean this seriously, were you on something? I would, looking at the video and the the things that he did at that game, handing the money out at the 50 yard line, I would say maybe he was uh, drunk. I don't know. The problem with that is that it just kind of ties into what his personality seems like it is all the time, making it all about him. And the bullhorn stuff, the money stuff, you you can argue whether or not that's truly harmful, whether that's truly bad. The slapping of the, the, the officer's rear end. How can anybody in their right mind defend that? And you saw people, oh, is that all he did? Are you serious? Put yourself in that position. Would you ever do that? In a situation where you think, you know what, I'm going to slap the rear end of this police officer. It's all good. I got friends who are cops. If they were in uniform doing their job, and I consider them good friends. I would never in a million years think, hey, it'll be okay to do this. So I don't know how anybody can defend him. Now, it's not a capital offense. He didn't murder anybody, but it's a pretty bad look. And it's completely, you can't defend that. I know a lot of times the stuff with Odell is kind of, you can go one way or the other. That one, it's impossible to defend that. And anybody who is needs to have their head examined. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls here. 1-800-919-ESPN. I don't know, maybe uh, later today we'll get some news from Ken Phelps' son or uh, maybe um, Dale Mahorsik's nephew. Who knows what Twitter will bring us today. But let's get a couple more calls in here before we get out of here at the top of the hour. Gil is in the car. Gil. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man.
1: What's up? So here's my what I've been thinking about. Now, Cora did this in Houston. Yep. Then he went to Boston. Yep. Uh, at some point, Houston played Boston. So the, what did he do? Go around and tell all the Houston players, you know what, don't cheat against my team today and we won't cheat against your team today. Well,
0: yeah, I, mean, I, I would assume that they're probably doing it and uh, doing it the whole time and they probably feel like, you know what, we know how to do this better than you do and, uh,
1: and we'll get better results out of it. I just find it strange that it was never brought up. I mean, and then while Alex Cora is watching Houston play, is he not saying, "You know what? I created that. Did you hear that? That was me." Yeah.
0: yeah well, I, just, I mean, I just, he he kind of alluded to that with that clip that was that's made the rounds uh, from the the series in London about Carlos Beltran, right? I mean, he kind of alluded to it there. Harold's in the Bronx, Harold.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say that burner account belongs to Brody Van Wagenen. <laughs>
0: It <laughs> wouldn't. I, look at this point. Anything's possible. I think Brody's got bigger things to worry about right now than being on Twitter. Anthony in Staten Island, go quickly, Anthony.
1: Hey, good morning. First of all, whoever uh, thinks on on HGH is out of their minds. I mean, the guy's just a freak athlete. But nah, I, I wouldn't rule it morning. out,
0: Anthony. I, I'm not ruling anything out.
1: Look, I'm not going to rule it out. But the dude, the dude, I think hit a ton of home runs in high school. He's one of the fastest players. Was dunking a ball in high school. I mean, you know, there's no allegations, so there's no need to go there. But, you know, and even the guy who calls about Cole, look, the way you play baseball, right, you pitch. You pitch to the other team. unless the, You know what I mean? Like, the guy hadn't lost since May, all right? So, yeah, did it help him that his team probably scored more runs for him? Of course. But I think Cole is a fine signing. The thing with the Mets, though, I didn't think they needed to, to, to get rid of Beltron. to me. Look, he, he did this as a player. And if MLB is going to take the stance that they're not going after players, he was technically a player.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that doesn't make you untouchable either. I'm not going to go crazy if the Mets decided to do that, which they clearly did. And maybe they'll end up lucking into a better manager who actually has done it before. But it, what it tells you yesterday by watching their performance, just picking a manager is not going to solve all the Mets problems. We're done for the day. We'll see you tomorrow at 7, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.